to the One More Verse podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Tuesday, December the 1st, 2015. Today's reading was 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. So come on, and let's discuss what we read together. Samuel is still struggling. Anytime you make transition or things change, it's difficult just to make that change. And so the Lord comes to Samuel and he wants to know how long is he going to grieve over Saul? He reminds him that he's rejected Saul and that he is right and just in all that he does. And so he gives him an instruction. And instead of letting him sit around and lament his circumstances, he tells him, fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Bethlehem to a guy named Jesse because I've got a king and it's going to come from among his sons. And so Samuel has some questions. He's like, "Uh, I hear what you're saying, but how am I supposed to go? Because if Saul hears about this, you don't exactly depose the king while he's still reigning without there being some serious consequences. And so God tells him, listen, this is going to be an act of worship. And so you go ahead and you take with you a sacrifice. And when you arrive, you go ahead and you worship and you sacrifice. And I'll tell you what to do. And you will anoint whoever I show you to be my chosen king. So this would be a way that if for some reason some of Saul's representatives stop Samuel along the way, he could say, well, I'm just going to worship. So he goes to Bethlehem and the elders of the city, perhaps they know that there is some discord between Samuel and Saul. Perhaps the rumors have been swirling. Perhaps there's somebody who happened to see the interchange as Samuel told Saul that the kingdom had ripped from him. And so they want to know from Samuel uh, is is this a peaceful visit or is this going to be a time where we're going to fight and encounter difficulty? But Saul assures them that he's come in peace and he instructs them to consecrate themselves and to get ready to go and worship and make sacrifice. And so he does that and he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them in particular to come to the sacrifice. And so as he's looking, he looks on the son named Eliab and he just takes one look at him and he's like, this has got to be the guy. But the Lord tells Samuel something very, very important. He tells Samuel that this is not how I choose my king. It's not going to be based on his appearance or how tall he is or how smart he is or how gifted he is or where he comes from. It's going to be based on the fact that I don't see like you see and I don't judge by the outward appearance. I am looking at his heart. And so uh, he moves on and Jesse calls the next son and then he calls the next son. And you can imagine as they go through the line, That scene where it's like, okay, maybe it's me, maybe it's me. And they keep going by as they're going through this consecration period. And all seven of his sons passed before him and the Lord hadn't chosen any of them. So Samuel looks at Jesse and says, okay, so is this all your kids? Is this all the boys? And he says, well, there's one more, the youngest, but he's out and he's keeping some sheep. 
So Samuel says to Jesse, well, you send and get him because we're not going to sit down. We're not going to have this meal together until he comes. And so you can imagine the scramble in the house. People are probably eager to get to the meal, but everybody has to wait. You can just picture the oldest as they're kind of like, oh, we got to wait for the youngest. Oh, David, he's always so slow or whatever it may be. They're all anxious to get there. And Samuel is saying, listen, you go get him because we're not going to sit down. We're not going to eat. We're not going to continue with this until he gets here. So they bring him in. And the Bible describes him as ruddy and with beautiful eyes and handsome. Now, for Samuel, he's got to know at this point, just by process of elimination, there is nobody else. So it has to be this one. If there's only one more son, it has to be this one. And so whatever Samuel's preconceived ideas were about what this son should look like, what this next king would be like, regardless of any of that, here comes this young man, ruddy, with beautiful eyes, and handsome. And the Lord confirms to Samuel, and he says, I want you to arise, I want you to anoint him, because this is he. This is the one that I have chosen. And so can you imagine the scene as all of the family, in particular all of his brothers, watch as the elderly prophet and judge Samuel takes the horn of oil and anoints him, pouring on this oil in the, the presence of his brothers. And we're given an important piece of information. It says that the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Now, we have to be reminded that when it comes to God the Spirit, this is prior to the resurrection. This is prior to Pentecost. And so God the Spirit would come on people and he would come on them for a specific purpose for a specific amount of time. He had not come to permanently indwell people at this point. But at this moment, as this youngest son makes his way in, in the presence of all his brothers and his family, Samuel announces, this is God's next king. And he anoints him with oil and the spirit of God rushes on him and Samuel departs and he heads back home. Now for Samuel, I'm sure there's all kinds of dreams and expectations. He's probably trying to figure out, I wonder what kind of king he's going to be. I wonder what Saul is going to have to say. Now, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this because he's gone from this place of deep depression and despair. He's grieving over the fact that Saul is no longer going to be king. And so he struggled through this. The Lord has given him a task. He is gone. He's fulfilled that task. And although this youngest boy came in, regardless of what he looked like, Samuel's not sure about how to feel about this, but as he makes his way back, the truth is that God has chosen his king and he doesn't choose the way that everyone else chooses. You see, for us, we want to put on externals. And if you have been around religious circles for very long at all, you know that um, religious folks are very good at putting on a front, at wearing a mask. And sometimes we can look at someone and think that they have everything all together and that everything is well for them only to find out later that on the inside, they were not what they presented themselves to be. So aren't you glad that our righteous God, our just judge, doesn't look at things the way that we do? Aren't you glad that he does things in the right way? And so he sees through all of the externals. Oh, we may present well to um, our friends at church. We may be able to put on some sort of facade that makes people think we have it all together. But the great God has nothing that is hidden from him. 
and he judges by the heart. How is God looking at you today? What's your heart like? Take some time and take stock of where you're at and what your heart's like. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you. So find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.